Well, welcome to the White Hatter Parenting in an Online World podcast. And on this podcast, we're going to take a more holistic approach to online safety in an enlightening and not frightening way based upon facts and not fear. We will provide parents, caregivers, and educators with real-world examples, experiences, and evidence-based research that will help to keep our kids safer emotionally, psychologically, physically, and even socially when they're navigating today's online world. Let's get after it, shall we? Well, welcome everyone. Darren with the White Hatter team, and I'm excited to be your host. It's November 5th, only seven weeks until Christmas. Wow, has this year just flown by. And on this month's podcast, we want to talk about how you and your kids can increase your privacy and make your personal information less visible while online. Links to all products, websites, and strategies that we will mention in this podcast can be located in an article that we've attached to the notes section of this podcast. In today's online world, there will always be those who will want to harvest our personal information they collect and locate online that will then be weaponized and used to their advantage. Once this information is gathered, it can be posted publicly as a form of public shaming or as a weapon to commit a variety of different crimes, such as identity theft, mischief, criminal harassment, extortion, and several other crimes. The targeted gathering of personal information online that is later weaponized is commonly known as doxing. Here's a great doxing definition from the internet security company Kaspersky, and I quote, Doxing, sometimes written as D-O-X-X-I-N, is the act of revealing, identifying information about someone online, such as their real name, home address, workplace, phone, financial, and other personal information. That information is then circulated to the public without the victim's permission, end quote. So, what are some strategies that we can implement to minimize doxing and reduce the weaponization of our personal identifiable information online? Here's some of our thoughts. Be careful about TMI, too much information. For those who study online behavior, there is something psychologists call the disinhibition effect. This is where people will say and do things online that they would likely never say or do offline. Most people like to overshare online without understanding the risks. It is amazing the amount of personal information that the internet knows about you. Why? Because you posted it thinking it was going to stay private. No matter what the social media platform, app, or privacy settings, you need to understand that once something is posted online, it can become public, permanent, searchable, exploitable, copyable, shareable, and often sold. This is why it is important to minimize posting the following information. Number one, any kind of personal identifiable information such as your address, your phone number, your driver's license information, your credit card information, social insurance numbers, place of employment, pictures of your vehicle, and its license plate number. Number two, any kind of personal information about your spouse, partner, or child. Number three, any kind of intimate image or video of you and your partner. And number four, sharing that you're currently away from home on a holiday. Yes, We've seen people post all of the above noted information online. This is information that a potential threat can use to target you and your family, both online and offline. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, lock your devices. In several cases that we've investigated, we have found that another person got access to their target's computer or cell phone that was left unintended and unsecure. It is so important that when not using your digital device or leaving it unattended, that settings are put into place to ensure that access by others cannot be attained without a password. These types of security settings are usually found in the settings applications of your device. If you have a device that uses biometric security protocol, like facial recognition or a fingerprint, it is also an excellent way to secure your device. 
Having a strong password to both lock your device and secure your social media platforms, apps, and personal accounts is important. Strong passwords should be, number one, at least six to eight digits in length, and number two, contain an uppercase letter, a lowercase letter, a number, and a symbol. It is important to use different passwords for different accounts. It is estimated that about 65% of those online use the same password for multiple accounts. The danger of this practice? If your password is compromised, it allows access to all your accounts where that password is being used. The challenge, if you have multiple accounts, often it is difficult to remember individual passwords for individual accounts. This is why we recommend the use of a reputable password manager. The one that we both recommend and use here at the White Hatter is LastPass. Most password managers such as LastPass allow the user to store their username and passwords in a very secure and encrypted environment which can be accessed at any time with just one password. It should also be noted that Apple's Keychain is another way to store passwords in a secure and encrypted environment. However, the one challenge with browser-based password managers is if a person has already logged onto your device, then they can also see and access the stored passwords without further authentication. We here at the White Hatter also utilize a written username and password logbook for all our accounts that we keep secured and hidden. If for some reason we cannot access our digital password manager, this logbook becomes our emergency backup. Parenting tip. Many social media platforms allow for an automatic sign-in option once you hit the platform. We would recommend that you do not use this function from a privacy and security standpoint. Now, the next strategy to increase your privacy and security, use two-factor authentication. As the name suggests, two-factor authentication, also known as multi-factor authentication, provides multiple authentication vectors to keep an account or social media platform more secure. After signing up for two-factor authentication, if another person attempts to access one of your online accounts from a device that you don't own, then even if they have your password, a code will be sent to your device or email address that only you can see. If the person who is attempting to access your account can't see this code and enter it when prompted to do so, then their access will be denied. Also, if you do receive a two-factor authentication code to your device, it alerts you to the fact that someone does have your password and is attempting to access your account. This is a great alert to prompt you to change your password immediately. If we were all to use two-factor authentication, we would see the number of account takeovers and hacks drop dramatically. It should also be noted that if a social media account or any other online account doesn't utilize two-factor authentication, then many password managers such as LastPass also allow for their own two-factor authentication as an option which we would strongly recommend. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, update your home router. Your home router is one of the most important security digital gatekeepers in your home that can help you and others who use your home network to stay more private, secure, and safer online. We actually recommend the Griffin router as one of the best home routers on the market, especially for those who have kids. The Griffin is not only a router, but it also provides filtering and monitoring capabilities, a virtual privacy network, which we will talk about later in this podcast, and it also protects your network from what are known as direct denial of service attacks, also known as DDoS attacks attacks, which have increased in frequency and when targeted by such an attack will prevent you from accessing the internet for an extended period of time, which can be problematic if working from home and need an internet connection. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, install malware protection. 
To protect your device from covert malicious software that can be remotely downloaded onto a digital device that is designed to harvest personal information, like a keystroke logger, or to take covert control of your device, like a remote access trojan, also known as a rat, or to cause other digital havoc, such as deleting all the information on your device, you need to ensure that you have good malware protection on your desktops, laptops, and cell phones. The product that we use here at the White Hatter is called Bitdefender. Just a quick note, some believe that if they have an Apple computer, malware protection is not needed. This is a false belief given that Apple platform right now is under heavy attack as well. Parenting tip. Specific to cell phones, we do recommend that malware protection be placed on Android devices. However, given the sandboxed nature of the iPhone, which makes it extremely secure, we don't believe that malware protection is needed on iPhones or iPads at this time. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, invest in a virtual privacy network. Virtual privacy networks, also known as a VPN, are an important tool that can be used to help protect your data and hide your location, especially when using unsecured open Wi-Fi. When connecting your device to open Wi-Fi, like you can find in a Starbucks, an airport, or a library, the information that you're sending is often unsecured and unencrypted. It is because of this fact that there are both hardware and software hacks, often called packet sniffing, that allow another person to intercept and see the data you were sending. The benefits of using a VPN include, number one, it encrypts all your communication so that even if it is intercepted, it can't be read. And number two, it allows you to change your location, thus making it harder for a person to figure out where you are located in the world. Remember, you get what you pay for. Many people will ask us, what about free VPNs? something that we do not recommend. Free VPNs collect your personal information and will sell it to other data brokers. Also, free VPNs often slow down your internet connection. This is why we recommend a premium VPN. The one that we use here at the White Hatter that does not collect or store any of our personal information or internet activity and doesn't slow down our internet connection is called Private Internet Access, also known as PIA. The next strategy to increase your personal privacy and security, use a more secure and private browser. Google Chrome is the most popular browser being used online. However, we know that Google is one of the biggest offenders when it comes to data mining what we're doing online and selling to other data brokers for their financial benefit. It is because of this fact we recommend both the Firefox browser or the Brave browser as a better option from a privacy standpoint. Neither Firefox or Brave collect or sell pri your private information and both offer options that assist in blocking ads and online trackers. Another great option to help block online trackers on the Chrome, Firefox, Edge, and Opera browsers is Privacy Badger, a free browser extension that you can download to help stop online advertisers and other third-party trackers from seeing what you're doing online. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, use a more private search engine. Again, because we know that Google is one of the biggest offenders when it comes to data mining what we're doing online and then selling to others for their financial benefit, we recommend using other more private and secure search engines the two that we recommend are DuckDuckGo and for PCs, StartPage. Both of these search engines offer private search functions. They don't collect where you go and what you're looking at and don't sell your online search habits to others. Both offer other privacy and security options that you can opt into such as web and app tracking protection. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, choose a more secure and private email and text messaging app. 
Again, Google's Gmail is one of the most popular email servers being used around the world. It has been reported that Google is also data mining and storing information that we are sending via Gmail. If you're looking for a more secure and encrypted email server that keeps content of your email private, we recommend Proton Email. When it comes to messaging apps, rather than using Meta's Messenger or WhatsApp, Google's Messages app, or WeChat, think about using the secure and encrypted Signal app as an alternative which doesn't collect or store any of your personal information. So how can we monitor what the internet knows about us? As mentioned throughout this podcast, we know that Google is one of the biggest data brokers of personal information online. And it is our opinion that if we can use other non-Google products, it can go a long way in minimizing what the internet knows about us. However, if there is one Google product that we do recommend, it is Google Alerts, A-L-E-R-T-S. The one downside to using Google Alerts, you will need a Gmail account. In the Google Alerts search block, we want you to enter your name in quotation marks. So quotation mark, Darren Lore, close quotation mark is an example. The quotation marks are called booleans, and when used, it tells Google Alerts to search your full name online every day. And if it finds anything, it will send you an alert to your Gmail account. Now, if you receive an alert, don't panic, given that there may be 50 other people or more around the world with your same first and last name. Click on the alert, read it, and make sure it's you. This is an excellent way to monitor what the internet knows about you and what others can see about you online. Given that you can enter several search criteria into Google Alerts, we would also suggest that you create alerts for your email address, your home address, your cell phone number, and any online usernames you are using, again, all surrounded by quotation marks. Another monitoring option is TalkWalker. TalkWalker is very similar to Google Alerts. However, it, can, it has been our experience that TalkWalker will pick up on things that Google Alerts does not, and Google Alerts will pick up on things that TalkWalker does not. It is because of this fact that we use both. It is a great one-two monitoring option. Parenting tip. Another great tool to monitor if your email or phone number credentials, like your passwords, have been compromised in a data breach is the site haveibeenpwned.com. Once you search your email or phone number on this site, it will let you know if it has been compromised and where it was compromised. Why is this important? Because now you know that you need to change your password on the compromised site. The next strategy to increase your privacy and security, use incognito or private viewing mode. Several of the most popular browsers such as Chrome, Safari, Firefox and Edge offer the ability to search the internet on your device but at the same time prevent the history on your device from recording what you've been seeing and where you've been going online. On the Chrome platform, it is called Incognito, and on the other platforms, it is called New Private Window. Why is this important from a privacy standpoint? If someone accesses your device without your permission and attempts to have a look at your history to see what you've been doing online, nothing will be there. Both incognito and private viewing mode wipe local traces of where you've been, what you've searched for, and the content on forms you've filled out. In the article that we've attached to the notes of this podcast, we provide a link on how to set up incognito and new private window on several different browsers. Parenting tip. Although incognito and new private window wipe traces of where you've been online, it is important to know that your internet service provider will still have a full record of your internet search history. This information is accessible by law enforcement via a production order. 
So there you have it. Some simple strategies to increase your privacy and security while online. Links to all the products, websites, and strategies that we've mentioned in this podcast can be located in an article that we've attached to the notes section of this podcast. As we always say in all our parent and caregiver programs, be your child's best parent and not their best friend when it comes to their online world. There is a difference. However, to do this, parents and caregivers need to educate themselves as well, and that is what this podcast is all about. Remember, parents, you are not alone on this digital journey. We are here to help. Don't forget to check out our website at www.thewhitehatter.ca and our White Hatter Facebook page, where there's just a ton of free content to help parents and caregivers in today's online world. As well, on our website, we outline all the programs that we offer to schools, families, youth groups, and even businesses when it comes to social media safety and digital literacy. Stay strong, be that mentor and digital sheepdog, and have a great November, and we look forward to next month's podcast. From the White Hatter team, thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Thank you.